Puda Podcast or Puda Pod for short. This is going to be my first time recording and hopefully the first time with uh, many more times coming. This is going to be an NBA podcast where we talk about everything around the league when it comes to trades or for right now, the draft, which is what today it's going to be about, as well as free agency decisions and anything along those lines. And to start off this first episode, we have my boy Jake McCabe with me. Jake, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Tommy. Um, I'm excited to get into this, you know. Uh, as I told you earlier, I've spent countless hours going in-depth about every one of these picks. So hopefully, you know, we agree on some things, but I also hope we disagree on some things. Yeah, well, it would be boring if we just agreed on everything. So, you know, it'll be good to it'll be good to see our difference in opinions. You know, we'll give both of our sides of all this. So, yeah. So... What do you, uh, I think, you know, honestly, there's a lot of big stars in this draft. It's uh, pretty stacked, but um, I'd say my favorite player in this draft right now is the sleeper in Jabari Walker. That's your boy, man. That's your boy. Yep. He's, uh, I have him going, uh, I wouldn't say early, but I have him, you know, definitely in there somewhere. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, it's uh, From what I've seen so far, this seems like it's a very deep draft. There are a lot of potential candidates that can do what a lot of teams need, a.k.a. shoot the three ball. I've seen a lot of these candidates shoot very good, and a lot of the top ones shooting 40%, even for big men, which is a huge part in today's game now. So I'm excited to uh, go over these picks with you. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what we got, you know. Yeah, you know, I definitely did see uh, a lot of those big men definitely popping in with uh, some high percentage three point ratings. So. Yeah, man. Uh, all right. So start off with number one. The number one pick in the draft is going to be selected by the Orlando Magic. I think. Uh, Pretty self-explanatory with all the reports coming in. And as far as best fit goes, I don't know about you, Jabari Smith, power forward, Auburn. I 100% agree agree with this. Um, honestly, I'd say the first three picks are pretty much a lock, you know. We know who's going to go to Orlando. We know who's going to go to OKC. And we know who's going to go to Houston. Um, Jabari Smith, obviously being the number one guy in this draft, in my opinion. He's going number one to Orlando. Going to take his uh, work down there. Yes, sir. Coming in at Uh, number two, the Thunder. OKC Thunder. Chet Holmgren, power forward slash center, Gonzaga. Again, you know, like I said, OKC, Chet, this is going to be a lock pick. That's right, that's right. And then rounding it out, number three. Paulo Banchero, power forward, Duke. Um, you know, third time, definitely uh, a lock. Uh, Paulo fills the need of the big man role in Houston. Um, obviously, Paulo, he would be better, in my opinion, at the four. But due to the lack of depth on the Rockets, he could very well run the five as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, I mean, if you look at his uh, physicals, at least, 6'10", 
250 pounds, definitely has the body to be able to guard some bigger guys in the post. And he also he also has the ability to move with wing players. So that's a huge upside if he can slide over to the three on occasional possessions, stay at the four, or he can bang it down low with the fives. So I agree with that. Um, definitely seems like a very versatile player. So I'm excited to see how uh, Paulo does in his uh, NBA career. For sure, for sure. One concern, maybe the biggest, Chet Holmgren. He is a seven-foot monster. They call him the unicorn. He can shoot the ball. He can rebound. Uh, he can pass a little bit. He can score, obviously. 39% from three-point range. 3.7 blocks per game. Now, that's <laughs> that's pretty darn good. But only 195 pounds for a seven-footer. Thoughts on that? It definitely raises some questions on if he can stay healthy. Um, obviously, with a man of that size being seven foot, you know, injury sometimes comes into play. Um, and obviously, you know, him being, I wouldn't say such a lightweight, but, you know, being on the smaller side, um, he may get bodied around and he may get bullied a little bit. So definitely raises some questions but again you know i still feel like chet will be a lock in okc um he fills the needs that they have and again like paulo i'm excited to see how he does in the nba yeah i agree with you there um i feel like he will average somewhere close to two blocks per game just because even if he's getting bodied down low in the post by the other big men, there are still going to be guards that are careless that will drive into the lane, and he will get his there definitely. Um, I'm kind of excited to see the uh, pick and roll of Shea Gildas Alexander and Chet. You know, I mean, he's, I know he's not a big body, but Chet doesn't necessarily have to roll to the rim. He can roll to the mid range and pull up in somebody's face because he has a really good jump shot. So. Very interested to see how that duo is going to go there. Um, that, yeah, that definitely was one thing I was looking at. Um, he, you know, he honestly is pretty versatile in that sense, you know, being as tall as he is, but also being able to shoot the mid-range. Um, like you just said, him running the pick and roll, not only with Shea, but with pretty much everyone on OKC should be interesting because while he's a threat inside the paint, he can also be a threat in the mid-range. That is very true. That is very true. And our number one, Jabari Smith, power forward Auburn, 6'10", 220 pounds, averaged 17 points per game, just about 7.4 rebounds, two assists, 43% from the field, 42% from three as a 6'10 power forward. Only thing that I have found about his game that he maybe wants to fix is playmaking. He averaged two assists per game, but also averaged 1.9 turnovers per game. So he almost has a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Power forward, it doesn't matter as much, which is why, with all things considered, he seems like the best candidate to go number one. But if he can somehow work on his IQ and playmaking, he will be pretty much unstoppable in today's modern NBA, especially with a 42% field goal percentage from three. Yeah, honestly, 
you know, his playmaking could use some work. But the thing about Jabari, dude, is he's he's a stretch four man. Like he's forty three percent from uh field goal and he's running forty two percent from the three. So, you know, him being a stretch four, he's gonna be a deadly weapon for um the first overall Orlando Magic. I agree there. I definitely agree there. All right. So moving out of the top three, we go to pick number four, Sacramento Kings. Uh, through a lot of reports. Again, it's been the talk around the league. There are a lot of people that were interested in trading up to get Jaden Ivey. He is an athletic monster. He can shoot the ball well from range. Uh, they gave him a comparison to John Morant. So that brings up. That uh, brings a lot of potential, and his athleticism is definitely there. Uh, Jaden Ivey, I have projected to go number four to the Kings. Shooting guard, Purdue. Yep. Uh, I basically did the exact same thing. You know, my key notes on this were, based on analytics, this is considered a lock-in pick. But, um, you know, there's also possible talks of multiple teams trying to trade up for this pick. So one question that arises is, if you are the Kings, would you trade this pick away and lose the chance of getting Ivy? Um, you know, with no other picks in the first round, unless a trade is agreed upon, if this is the case, who would you pick up? So if I was the Kings right now, I feel like you need that. You need a score beside De'Aaron Fox. It's It just seems like the best pick that you can make based off of everything else. Um, if you were to make a trade for this pick, I would consider trading down in the draft to maybe get a maybe get a three guard that's in the draft that is a very good shooter that if, say, De'Aaron Fox is driving down the lane because he's a very good slasher, if he's driving through the lane, he can kick it out to three shooter uh, some possible options could be Benedict Math, uh, Benedict uh, Mathurin, or um, if you're thinking another guy who can shoot well, you think about Shannon Sharp for uh, Kentucky. Uh, another guy possibly AJ Griffin from Duke. All these guys, they are people that can knock down the three pointer at a very good rate. So if you were to trade down, if you package that with either future picks or with another player um it it really depends honestly but um i i believe that they are going to end up keeping this pick i feel like Jaden ivy is a talent that they are not going to pass up on honestly i do agree with you on that um i personally though i feel like if they did trade away this pick um like you said there's a lot of other good talent here you know you have um benedict you have shade on sharp um you have jalen williams you know so i feel like the possibility of a trade isn't too absurd to say but if i was sacramento i would keep this as a lock and i would say Jaden ivy come on in it's very good i agree there and as we go to number five Detroit Pistons. Now, the Detroit Pistons just made a trade today. They traded away 
Jeremy Grant for a future first-round pick, along with some second-round pick swaps. So that opens up the four, and that means that they won't have to deal with Jeremy Grant's contract situation. So they opened, I believe now they have $46 million in cap space. So that gives them a little bit of wiggle room to sign some people in free agency. But what I believe is going to happen at pick number five, in my opinion, Keegan Murray, power forward, Iowa. What about you? You know, with the recent trade of Jeremy Grant, um, I do have Keegan Murray going number five. Uh, I feel like he will be able to fill in for the open position. And if need be, you know, they have that uh, cap space now where they can look into getting other uh, free agents. But at the same time, you know, who would you pick up with the free cap space? I mean, when you have that cap space, you can look at more guys, you know. Um, this is the Pistons we're talking about. They pretty much need something at every position except for the power forward because they now have Chris Porzingis and Porzingis. And they don't need the one guard because they have Cade Cunningham. So if, say, a guy like um, Miles Bridges decides not to re-sign with the Hornets, you could sign a guy like him, an emerging star, playing very good, you know, someone like that. If for some miraculous reason Kyrie Irving declines his contract, he could play the two guard for the Pistons, you know, just a few names thrown out there. There's There's definitely a lot of different options that could go there, but... I mean, you look at Keegan Murray, power forward Iowa, he's 6'8", he can guard wing players and in the post because of his size, Um, he averaged 24 points per game, just about 8.7 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 55.4% from the field, and 39.8, almost at 40% from the field, He, he can shoot the ball. He is a very good rebounder for his size, and he can just score in general. And he's a very good defender for his position as well. So, honestly, that checks off a lot of boxes that the Pistons would want, especially since Jeremy Grant's gone. That gives them another four to come in right into his place, along with still allowing them to have that cap space to sign more people. Yep, I, I agree with you there. Um me personally, I feel like with this cap space, what they could do, um, they could try to pick up, you know, Bradley Beal at the shooting guard. Um, like you said, Kyrie, if he decides to decline his player option, he could maybe make a trip down to Detroit. Yeah, very true. All right, next pick, number six, Indiana Pacers. How about, how about you lead this one? Who do you think that they're going to select with this pick? So, for the Pacers, I have them uh, picking up Benedict uh, Matherman, um, the 6'6", 205-pound shooting guard, small forward from Arizona. Um, personally, I feel like with his 6'7 wingspan, uh, tremendous size. He has amazing explosiveness, scoring skills, and... Um, these should all help him make a quick transition to the next level. 
the one really good thing about Benedict is uh he has he's an elite spot up shooter uh who can flourish in a lesser role. You know, so I feel like, you know, this wouldn't be a bad bet for the Pacers. What do you think, Tommy? I agree with that. I also have Benedict Matherin going at number six. I mean, you look at the guys they have on the court. They have they already have a consistent backcourt with Malcolm Brogdon and Tyrese Halberton. Malcolm Brogdon, as we know, he is a very good playmaker, always has been. Very underrated point guard, in my opinion, for a long time now. And if you throw Tyrese Halberton out here and then you throw in Benedict, I believe he stands at what, six six, six seven? Uh yeah, he is a uh, six six. Six six. So that is in today's NBA, that is enough to run the small forward. There are a lot of small lineups, and even so, he's a guy that you can put in to knock down the three pointer. You know, he's we all know that he's very good at that. I just believe that it's a good fit especially with Malcolm Brogdon running point guard, it's going to be, I feel like it'd be a very good fit for the Indiana Pacers. Taking a look at some stats, I mean, he's 6'6", 210, averaged 17.7 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 45% from the field, and 36.9% from three. He can shoot the three. He is a better passer than most of the people in the draft. Uh, and he can rebound the ball for his size, too. So, I mean, that is all all very good things that you like to see. Yep. So let's uh, move on to the seventh pick, you know, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, what do you have here, Tommy? At the seventh pick, I'm not sure if this is where we start to trail off or not, but I have Dyson Daniels from G League Ignite. Uh, yeah, I have Dyson Daniels as well. Um, you know, the G League talent, uh, you know, him being six, seven, you know, they, he'll be an amazing role there. Um, obviously, like you just said, you know, he can run this, uh, shoot, uh, shooting guard, but you know, in today's NBA, he also has the ability to run the small forward. Um, I've also heard that, uh, Portland's already in talks with Daniels. So to me, this is considered a lock. Um, the nice thing about Daniels, looking at his statistics, he's, you know, 45%, um, field goal percentage, his three point percentage is a little low, um, to 25% three, but you know, he's an amazing playmaker. He's averaging four point four and a half assists, almost two steals a game. Um, and honestly, I feel as though Portland need a playmaker because they do already have the shooters in Dame. And uh, who's the other one, Tommy? Anthony Simons. Yes, Anthony Simons. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, He is an excellent, he's a very good playmaker. Uh, He knows where to be on the court. He's a good cutter. He can rebound at a great rate. And honestly, if you're playing him in your lineup, he would play more of a LeBron type role where he is he can play the three guard, but he will basically be their point forward. Because if you have Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons in the game, none of them are really good passers. They're both really good scorers. So if you put in Dyson Daniels in there, he can maybe be someone that can facilitate around the ball 
act like the point guard while playing the small forward, similar to a role that LeBron James played when he was with the Lakers. He had to be the point forward for that team. I believe that Dyson Daniels can play that same facilitating role. I definitely agree with you there. Um, You know, with Dame and Anthony there, Dyson could definitely run a point forward um, and hopefully take the points off of Dame and everything so they can get open and make the shots that they need to. Yeah, definitely. Um, Moving on. Number eighth pick, the New Orleans Pelicans. I have Shadon Sharp, shooting guard for Kentucky. He did not play a minute at Kentucky. He could have been a top five talent had he have played, but since he didn't, I believe that he would drop down to the eighth spot. Him and Benedict Matherin are very similar when it comes to their play styles and when it comes to their build. They're both 6'6". There's a 10-pound difference between the two. Shadon Sharp is a very good shot creator, very good shot maker, can hit from anywhere on the court, from three, from two, in the paint. He It is reported, it's not official, but he is reported to have a 49-inch vertical, which is amazing. Uh, he's explosive on offense, and he is a good two-way player. However, he is a bad playmaker, and he does not look for his teammates enough if at all. What are your thoughts on the number eight pick for the Pelicans? So for the Pelicans, I'm going to agree with you again. Shade on Sharp. Um, with Daniels gone, the Pels need a two-way player. So Sharp comes into play. Um, I didn't do too much research on Sharp. So uh, I actually had it listed that the type of two-way player he would be would be a playmaker and a defender. Um, obviously, the defender role wasn't wrong, but... Like you just said, he's not too much of a playmaker. He's more of a shooter. So should be interesting to see how uh, Sharp does if he does get selected here at number eight. Yeah, and another thing that I would like to see, I would like to see what happens with him playing in the actual NBA because this guy hasn't played a minute since he played in high school. So, yeah, he may have had workouts with some guys and he might have played practice games with Kentucky, but... He hasn't been in real competition in over a year now. So that could be that's something concerning as well. But with his upside, with his skill and with everything athletically that he brings to the table, it's just too much for the Pelicans to pass on here, in my opinion. Um, They're getting another person that can shoot the ball around Zion, who has limited range. He can extend it every now and then, but. You can, I've said this before, and you know that, Jake, you can never have enough shooters. You really can't. Yeah, I definitely feel like um, he's going to be a good role player here in uh, New Orleans, um, being the spot-up shooter he is. But uh, like you said, it does raise some eyebrows, the fact that he hasn't played since high school. Um, so this may be a risky pick here at number eight, but I definitely feel like it's going to be worth it for New Orleans. All right, next, moving to number nine pick, San Antonio Spurs. This is where we start to get off. I you definitely and I, feel like it is. You and I start to get a little uh, off our wavelength here, all right? I have Usaman Dieng from France. 
small forward, power forward. He is 6'10", if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's uh, 6'9", 6'10". 6'9", 6'10". Uh, t- this guy is... He has everything that you really want in today's modern league. He is a very good shooter. He's a very good playmaker. Honestly, just so much upside with this guy. Um, he he has guard-like ball handling, which is huge. Uh, he can rise above defenders with a jump shot. And he has a lot of versatility. Um, the only thing that I could see being bad is his physicality, maybe. I mean, he weighs 185, you know, but he's been playing in France as well, so he's been playing in a professional league too. There are a lot of players that don't have that experience playing against older guys and playing in leagues already. But Osman is one of those guys. And I believe that the Spurs, since they're so good at developing foreign players, I feel like they'll be very good at doing this, along with having Tim Duncan there. I believe that that will be a good leadership role that he can learn from. What about what about you, Jake? What do you have here? So you guessed it. This is where we veer off a little bit. Um Reading up on the Spurs, one of their biggest needs was a big man. So I actually have Jalen Duran, the 6'11 power forward, um, dropping here into San Antonio. Um, one of my biggest points was, you know, Tim Duncan has the ability to develop Duran into a powerhouse player. Um, you know, so honestly, him being 6'11, 250. It's kind of hard to pass up on, you know. If I was the Spurs, I would pick up their end. But you did make some good points about uh, Usman there. Yeah, and honestly, you made some good points with Duran. He is he's a powerhouse, great shot blocker. It'll it's it's definitely a hard thing to pass up on. Uh, so yeah, I I I can definitely see why you chose him there. Uh, we both put up good points there, so that's. That's where we started to go off. Now this one, number 10, Washington Wizards. Yep. I want you to go first with this one. All right. So the Wizards with number 10. I actually have um, the 6'6 shooting guard, small forward, um, Jalen Williams. Um, the main reason I picked him here in this spot was uh, – because of the future of the franchise. Um, obviously, Beal, you know, he's getting up in age. Um, I believe he's also a free agent right now as well. Um, so with his future in question, the roster is really just filled with low players, and they need someone who can really make plays and score off the dribble. Jalen Williams is that guy. Uh, he's shooting 40% from beyond the arc. Um, you know, while he's projected to go 20th, I think, you know, the Wizards pick him up here at 10. He's not going to be, you know, horrible. Um, the junior out of Santa Clara. Um, his NBA comparison, uh, looking at it, is Joshua Primo. Um, don't know how I would agree with that. But, uh, you know, 
some of his main strengths. He's a bulky wing. You know, he has a 7-2 wingspan. Uh, he has amazing ball handling skills. And, you know, him being a 40% shooter from beyond the arc is just something that the Wizards need, I feel. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that he has everything you'd want. He has good defense, great three-point shooter, great wingspan. He's a smart player with a good basketball IQ. Um, I slightly disagree with you. I don't believe that he I don't believe that he has what it takes to be the guy for a program cuz I believe that I have a feeling that um Bradley Beal is going to leave after this year, so I believe that they need something a little bit more than that, which is why for my selection, I have them taking Johnny Davis of the sorry, Johnny Davis. He's the point guard, shooting guard of geez, I'm drawing a blank here. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Yep. He's technically listed as a shooting guard small forward. All right. He is a he is a great defender. Can guard up and down on wings and guards. He makes mid-range shots like it's nothing. And he has a good touch around the rim. He is also a really good rebounder for his size. He has a lot of good things that you would like. The only downside to his game is that he shot 30% from three and 43% from the field. But, however, he shot 79% from the free throw line, which shows you that he can hit shots, especially with his mid-range. He can hit shots, but he was a big usage guy when he was in Wisconsin. He was kind of like the main guy, always the ball going to him, which is why I believe he can handle a shoulder load from the Wizards, and it'll give him time to work with NBA coaches to improve his three-pointer. But I I just believe that he is somebody that knows how to carry a load. And if Beal ends up leaving, then that can be his opportunity to step in there and take over. You know, I can see why you would have Johnny Davis there. Um, it's not a bad bad pick, to be honest. But um, especially with him being able to take that workload, like you mentioned, he definitely could be a good fit there, but um, I'm still going to stick with my lock, Jalen Williams. And then that's fair. That's fair. All right, moving on to number 11, New York Knicks. All right, this team, this franchise has uh, struggled a lot in recent years. Uh, for me, I know we have different picks on this. I picked Jalen Duran, center, Memphis. You said it before about his size and about just how gifted this man is. He he has size. He has the shot blocking ability. He can rebound. He averaged 2.1 blocks per game, eight rebounds, 12 points, 6'11", 250. I mean, the physicals just say the most of it. Uh, the Knicks could really use a center. They have Julius Randle still on the team. So you let him run the four which is the position that he should be meant to play with his range that he can extend. 
I believe Mitchell Robinson is also a free agent. So that's taken out one of your fives. I just think that Jalen Duran would be a great fit here. He has everything that they need. He can be their anchor in the post. Then they can focus on uh, getting perimeter players after this. What about you? So this is where we disagree here. Um, I actually have the French powerhouse in Usman, the 6'9 small forward power forward. I have him getting picked up at number 11 by the Knicks here. Um, You know, my thought was Mitchell Robinson, he's going to be a free agent. They may not resign him. They may. But in the odds that they don't, I feel like Usman, him being so tall, he'll be able to run the four. Um, and then they'll be able to throw Julius Randle maybe at the five. Um, Usman, he's a wing with a point guard skill set. So he's very versatile. Um, and also with his height, he will definitely be able to run the four. Definitely. I definitely see why you chose him there as well. If if he didn't go to the Spurs, I believe that he would go to the Knicks. Uh, it was really a toss-up between those two for me. But... Honestly, you cannot go wrong with either of those guys as a pick. All right. We're going to try to speed it up a little bit more. We're 30 minutes into the podcast right now. So we'll try to we'll try to get our explanations off a little quicker. Uh, 12 pick, OKC Thunder. I have A.J. Griffin, small forward for Duke. Uh, the Thunder are obviously a very young and upcoming team. They have a lot of picks for the next, I don't know, for the next like four, five seasons. They have racked up a ton of draft picks. A.J. Griffin is a very young prospect, shoots at 45% from the three-point line, shows flashes of stardom, but never really got enough minutes to show it on a consistent basis. Small forward from Duke, A.J. Griffin. I believe he'd be a great fit for the Thunder with their youth, and his upside is tremendous. What about you, Jake? So for me, I have two options here that the Thunder could go with. Um... I have them either picking up Jeremy Sochan, the 6'9 power forward out of Baylor. And I also have them with the ability to pick up uh, Malachi Branham, the 6'5 shooting guard small forward out of uh, Ohio State. Um, The reason I have Malachi here is because he fills the needs for the OKC Thunder. Um, They already have their big man in Chet, and Malachi could act as a role player behind SGA. Yeah, I I definitely see how that is. Um, that is a that's a very good assumption. I really like Malachi Branham in this draft. I mean, the guy is 6'6", 195. He's a great wing scorer, very good three-point shooter, 40% from three. More than 40% from three, actually. Um, Malachi, yeah, 13.7 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, two assists. About 50% from the field and about 42% from three. He And he has shown that he can improve his defense throughout the season, throughout his last season in college. I I think he's going to be great. Um, but, yeah, it's a good pick there. Uh, number 13, Charlotte Hornets. I have another guy that I really like, Ochai Agbaji, small forward from Kansas. Now... There are a lot of reports that Agbaji is going to drop down in the draft. This is mainly due to his age. He was a four-year senior at Kansas, played all four years, and he is an exceptional three-point shooter. Agbaji 
was 6'6", 217, 18.8 points per game, 5 rebounds, 1.6 assists, which is a tough spot in his game, but 47.5% from the field and 41% from three. I believe that he is going to be a great 3 and D player, something that every team will need. And if the Hornets can manage to get the Gordon Hayward contract off the books and can trade him away, I feel like he would be a great person to plug in. LaMelo would be able to find him on the perimeter for a three-pointer. What about you? So I'm going to disagree with this one here, Tommy. Um, I think at number 13, the Hornets are going to select Mark Williams, the 7-1, 240-pound center out of Duke. Um, I feel like in most mock-ups, they have Williams going to the Wizards, but the Wizards don't really have a need for a big man. Um, I think this is where the Hornets are going to pick him up. All right. The only reason why. All right. So at the 15th pick. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get there. But um. All right. Going. We'll we'll just go to the next pick for right now. Number 14, Cleveland Cavaliers. I this is where I have Jalen Williams landing. Small forward, Santa Clara. Uh, you already said it before. This guy is a very good shooter. He is a very good defender, 7-2 wingspan. I just believe a, another good 3-and-D guy that teams would be drooling over. And I feel like the Cavaliers, since they made such a good run last season, just adding on another piece like that, I feel like they would be ecstatic to get a player like Jalen Williams. 6'6", 209, um, just shy of 40% from three. He's a very good spot-up shooter, high basketball IQ. He could be a great role player. You've got Darius Garland, a very smart point guard, throwing the ball his way. I feel like it'd be a great fit there. What about you, Jake? So, I do have a 6'6 shooting guard. However, it's Oshai Agbaji out of uh, Kansas. Um, like you mentioned, uh, he's a 3 and D type player. Cleveland needs this. Um, with Sexton gone, they need a guy to step up in the role, and that's where Oshai is going to come in. Yeah, I I like that pick as well. Uh, Agbaji, very good player, very good player. Now, at 15, the Hornets. This is where I have Mark Williams going, and this is why. Okay. The Hornets, that 13th pick. I had the Hornets taking Agbaji. Because the Cavaliers already have two big men in Evan Mobley and Jarrett Allen. So there was no need for them to take a big man. So I believe that the Hornets would take Mark Williams at the 15th pick because they don't have to worry about anything in between. Whereas of they were looking for a similar position to the Cavaliers. So if they say if the Cavaliers say if the Hornets were looking to take Ochai Ogbaji, but we're gonna wait until 15, the Cavaliers, if they went by your prediction, they would have taken him before them. Then that would have had to be replaced down the line. I understand what you mean here. Um, however, at 15, I have AJ Griffin, the uh, small forward out of Duke. Um, 
I feel like AJ Griffin, he's going to drop down to 15 and ends up being a good steal for the Hornets. Uh, he obviously has a huge upside. So I feel like he'll be very good in this uh, in this group. Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. Um, moving on, number 16 pick, the Atlanta Hawks. Let's let you start off with this one. Who do you think that the Hawks are going to go with here? So one of the Hawks' main needs is defensive versatility. Um, that's why I believe that they're going to pick up the 6-8 small forward power forward out of LSU, Tari Eason. Um, he's someone who can defend multiple positions. And as I mentioned, he fills that role of a defensive versatility player. Definitely agree with you there. Main thing that they could be looking at is defense. Um, they have so much offense already. They have the threat with Trey Young. They have John Collins, who is a very good lob threat. They have Clint Capella, another very good lob threat. He is also very good on the defensive end. Um, yeah, it's it's a great pick there. I definitely agree. And honestly. The more, the more I look at it, the more I like it. I would also take Tari Eason as well. Um, like you said, he is he's a power forward slash small forward, 6'8", 217, versatile defender. Uh, went from a 24% three-point shot to a 36% three-point shot in two college seasons. So he has developed a three-pointer in the blink of an eye. Great defender. And he has shown promise as a ball handler and as a passer, which is good. So I I do agree with you there for that pick. All right, so moving on. Number 17, the Houston Rockets. Uh, I'll start with this one up again. Um, I have two options here. Uh, I believe the Houston Rockets could go with the 6'5 shooting guard, Johnny Davis, um, or even the 6'3 point guard, Blake Wellesley. Um, personally, I feel like Johnny Davis, the projected top 10 pick, drops down to 17. Um, you know, he's a very inconsistent player. Uh, I feel as though while he does have his ups, his upsides, he also has a few liabilities. Um, they obviously won't start him over Jalen Green. And, you know, technically because of his height, they could run him at the three, but that's assuming they run a small ball lineup. So I feel like the conservative pick is Blake Wesley, but I think Johnny Davis could also make an appearance here. That is a, that is a very good perspective. Um... If I'm going to be honest, in my opinion, I feel like what they need, I feel like they need a playmaking guard that can come in and, you know, spread the ball around, spread around the rock. You've already got Paulo Banchero from Duke. So what I say, I would pick Ty Ty Washington, point guard. Ty Ty was the... uh, point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats. 
he averaged 12 points per game, three rebounds, four assists per game, shooting 45% from the field. Um, he is a very good guard, playing uh, very versatile off the ball and on the ball. He is a very good passer and great at creating um, creating opportunities for his teammates. And he also hit 35% of his three-pointers, which, again, you can never have enough shooting, especially in this case scenario. But I can just imagine the pick and roll with hollow someone who can shoot someone who can go to the rim i i just believe that this would be a good opportunity for the rockets to select a point guard that they can trust uh i don't expect john wall to stay on the team that long or if he does i expect him to only play 20 games in the season due to his injury features but i would definitely say that i would say that ty ty would be a good fit Not a not a bad bet, Tommy. Um, definitely agree with you uh, in some cases there. They do need someone who can run the point and someone who can be a guaranteed playmaker. Um, moving on, we have number 18. We have the Bulls. This is one where uh, there's a few options that the Bulls could pick up here. Um, if Oshai drops, I definitely feel like they should pick him up. Um, if OKC doesn't pick up Branham, I feel like they should pick him up. And then, obviously, if Houston doesn't go with the conservative pick of Blake Wesley, I think this is where he'll land. You want to go more into depth on that? Um. So, the thing about Oshai and Malachi, you know, they both... Uh, shooting guard, small forwards, um, definitely very good picks, but obviously I have them going a little bit earlier here in the draft. So I feel like Blake Wesley, he's the next best option, the 6'4 point guard, shooting guard out of Notre Dame. Um, they may not need a point guard, but it's not bad to have someone who can run in the depth there. Um, him being able to break pressure and handle the ball as a lead guard uh is great. He's also an explosive finisher that shows excellent speed and he's able to convert fast breaks. Yeah, I agree. But um, I do agree with that. Uh, however, I already had, I believe I already had him going earlier. Um, for my pick, you know what? I feel like he's dropped far enough. Jeremy Sochan or Jeremy Sochon. Not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. Power forward for Baylor. I know that DeMar DeRozan is playing the power forward right now, but if you want to move him back to the three and you keep Zach Levine at the two, that will give you a taller lineup. He is 6'9", 230. He is a versatile defender who has showed that he is capable of defending every position on the court, not just the big men, but the guards as well. Um, He played guard until he hit his growth spurt, so he has playmaking skills on the perimeter, which is a big plus there. And he has, it is said that he has a lot of energy and it is like in the game. He also, he, his three-point shot is not completely there yet. However, 
he has shown promise in there. He hit 30 of his 81 attempts from three at Baylor. That's not a great number. However, it's also not the worst. And then he has a troubling free throw percentage, which is not its not something you like to see. But I just, with everything else he has, he's a great defender. I believe that the Bulls could use his defense. And I think that that could be a good pickup for them. I definitely see where you're coming from on that pick. Um, you know, obviously I have Sochan with the possibility to go a little bit earlier at the 12. Um, but I can definitely see him dropping down uh, to 18 and then the Bulls being able to pick him up. Um, let's just move on to the next pick now, number 19, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. So you've already mentioned this player, um, but I actually have Ty Ty Washington, the 6'3 point guard, dropping down here to 19. Um, as you mentioned, he's an amazing playmaker. And he's an amazing facilitator. Um, I feel like this will be a great pickup for the Timberwolves. So this is where I have him at. All right. How, curious, just curious. How do you think that situation would work between Ty Ty and D'Angelo Russell? So I don't believe Ty Ty is just going to be able to start right off the bat. Um, I see him more here as like a role player. Um, coming right off the bench, filling in for D'Angelo Russell and being able to facilitate there. I also feel like, you know, him being the young guard that he is, he'll be able to uh, have a little more activity within uh, the lineup. Yeah, that's a, that's a very fair assumption. Uh, I agree there. That's, that's a pretty good pick for them. Um, for my 19th pick for the Timberwolves, I have Walker Kessler from Auburn Center. I believe that Kessler will be a great person to have with Carl Anthony Towns on the court. Carl Anthony Towns' true position is a four. He has shown the world that he is an amazing three-point shooter. He won through point contest. Yeah, that doesn't really mean anything, but he just he was so efficient from the field. Great score. And now you don't have to stick him at the five because you'll be getting a seven foot center in the mix. I believe that it's going to be a very good spot for him to be. Seven one two fifty six. Great shot blocker, very athletic, so he can guard in the pick and roll. And he's a great score near the rim. He does not have a three-point shot, not a good free-throw shooter, not that good of a passer. However, just his size and his rebounding alone, eight rebounds a game, 11 points, 60% from the field. He's just a good center that you can put in there so that you can ease the load off of Cap. I definitely understand why you have him uh, going there, number 19. Um, sadly, I have him dropping down a little bit further than that. That's all right, man. You know, it's it's a part of the game. You already know. So it is what it is. Uh, number 20, San Antonio Spurs. So number 20, um, the Spurs, you know, I feel like here 
what they'll do is they will pick up Nikola Jovic, the 6'11", small forward, power forward out of Serbia. Um, he has amazing point forward potential. He has perimeter player skill set, and he has an amazing high IQ, so he's very versatile. Um, overseas, he averaged... Let's see here. He was shooting 55% from uh, the field goal range, 40% from three. Um, he was just amazing overseas. So hopefully this carries on. Yeah, I uh, I also have Nikola Jovic going there. And I know that could be a little bit questionable with my first pick of them getting, um, the, getting Osame Dieng power forward slash small forward from France. But, however, Jovic, I feel like he just has, you know, he just has so much potential. He is, he's a great shooter, great playmaker. A little bit scary because he reminds us, uh, I don't know about you, but he reminds me of <laughs> Jokic, which is, he has basically the same name. They are not related in any way, shape, or form. But he's from Serbia, 6'11", 210 playmaker shooter he's 19 years old which just gives you so much time to develop a guy like that and you have you have some of the best coaching staff to ever do it you have one of the best power forwards to ever do it in the game with tim duncan this guy is going to be something special and i agree that he goes to the spurs and again another Another foreign guy that the Spurs can take in and can make great just like they have done in the past. I definitely understand your point there. Um, obviously, you had uh, two power forwards going there. Um, I had Jalen Duran going there instead at number nine. Um, again, though, Tim Duncan, by far probably the best power forward to ever do it. So he will be able to bring up both of these players and make them into greats, hopefully. Definitely. Definitely agree with you there. 21st pick, Denver Nuggets. What are you, what's your opinion on that? 21st pick, um, I actually have the 6-4 shooting guard uh, out of the G League, Jaden Hardy. Um... I feel like this is a good pick for them. Um, you know, they don't need a big man. Um, they can go without a few different positions. Um, this is just kind of a solid filler for them. Um, his NBA comparison is Buddy Heald. Um, he's a very technically sound shooter who can score at all three levels, um, whether that's at the rim in the mid-range game, or even on the perimeter. Uh, he has the ability to create his space for himself, and I just feel like he's going to be a great fit um, here in Denver. Yeah, man, I will have to agree with you there. Uh, Jaden uh, Hardy. Uh, I believe that he is a good candidate However, that's not who I'm going to go with, actually. I'm actually going to go with Blake Wesley from Notre Dame. 6'4", 187, agile, great attacker. 
He's a very good defender because he has the athleticism and length, and he is a very physical player. So I believe that he will be a great impact on the defensive side of the ball, especially when Jamal Murray comes back. That can be somebody that can definitely guard the the better guard on the on the floor, which kind of takes a little bit of the load off of Jamal Murray. I can understand why you would pick him. Um, obviously, I have Blake Wesley going a little bit earlier. Um, but I think both of these players, if chosen by Denver, will both be great fits. Um, however, moving on to the 22nd one. The 22nd pick, the Memphis Grizzlies. I have them selecting the 6'1 point guard, Kennedy Chandler. Um, I feel as though he's a very good mid-range shooter, which makes up for his lack of finishing at the rim. Um, The one very positive thing that I've uh, read about him through different uh, mock-ups and everything is he's become more confident in his three-point game, which is very good to see out of a point guard. Um, He's a playmaker to come in as a rotation piece behind John Tyus. So while he may not, you know, get the minutes, he will definitely make an impact when needed. Yeah, um, definitely always good to have a rotational piece in there. Um, I do. That is a pretty good pick. I do agree. Um, when it comes to another player that. I feel like would be good. I feel like Dalen Terry from Arizona. He's listed as different positions on different websites. If we're going off of ESPN, he's listed as a point guard slash shooting guard. Um, Dalen Terry, he is a very good defender. Uh, he is one of those guys that will... He's one of those guys that wants to guard the best player on the court. Okay, he is he's a very good defender and he he embraces those challenges. Uh he is a pretty good playmaker. He averaged 4 assists per game. Shot 50% from the field as a guard, which is very good. 5 rebounds per game as well and he is he is 6 7 and has guard-like tendencies. I believe that it's so far that's all pretty good stats. He was a 68% career free throw shooter and 35% three-point shooter. Those numbers look good. However, they were on low volume. So can it translate better when he's in the NBA? Only time will tell, but he seems to have a lot of the things that the Grizzlies could use. You can play him at from the one to the three, Adds that defense in, and I feel like it'll be a good piece for a Grizzlies team that is looking to continue to make jumps and contend for a championship. You know, I can see why you'd pick Dalen Terry there. Um, him being the six-seven point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Uh, he's very versatile, so definitely would be a nice uh, pickup for Memphis. Um, but yeah. Uh, the 23rd pick now, almost there, almost at the end. Getting so, there. the 23rd pick, the Philadelphia 76ers. I have them picking up the 6'7 power forward out of Ohio State, 
EJ Liddell. Um, even though the 76ers are in need of a wing shooter, EJ Liddell would not be a horrible option as they do have a lot of liabilities within their depth, um, whether that be through injuries or just players in general. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in uh, Philly right now. So the one good thing about EJ is he was shooting 50% from the two-point range. So you can definitely count on him there uh, within the arc. But besides that, not too much about him. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good prospect there. Um, I'd have to say, looking through this looking through this list of players that are left, um, that is, he seems to be the best fit coming back. He is. It's hard to find another another guy that is that big that can shoot the way that he does, especially that's left in the draft right now. Uh, EJ Liddell, 6'7", 243. He is a very good offensive player. Potential small ball five there. Great three-point shooter. Especially his three-point shot improved very well. He's compared to Grant Williams. Uh, 6'11", to 7-foot wingspan. I just feel like he will be a he'll be a very good three and D guy, um, and at the four, which is which is pretty impressive. So I would I would agree with you. Uh, they have they have Tobias Harris, uh, they have James Harden, who I think plans to resign along with Tyrese Maxey. They have Embiid, so that gives them a solid four. If he doesn't even start, then a solid four to come off the bench and hit some shots. Yeah, this is the one spot where I uh, was pretty much confident about this pick. Um, you know, like you said, there's only a few people left. So with that being said, EJ, I think, is going to land here in Philly. Um, moving on, 24th pick, the Milwaukee Bucks. I had Actually, let's see what you have first, Tommy. All right, let's... Let's see what I've got here. Milwaukee Bucks, obviously championship contender. They don't have any specific piece that they need. They have, they're really good across the board right now. If I were to pick something that they could always use, anybody with shooting will help these guys out because Giannis is going to attract so much attention that he will be able to kick it out for guys to hit the open three-pointer. If I were to choose a prospect based off of that, um, I would say, you know what? Caleb Houston from Michigan. 6'8", 205. He has good size as a small forward. He is a good shooter and a good athlete who can be a switchable defender. Uh, he is not going to be 20 until January. He was inconsistent during the year. But I feel like he is a good shooter. And under the right coaching staff, 
within the Milwaukee Bucks, they helped to develop Chris Middleton and Giannis throughout their careers. So I believe that taking a young guy like Caleb Houston is someone that they can plug in off the bench. He can learn a little bit, and he could learn to be a very good role player. That is uh, not a bad pick there, number 24 from Milwaukee. Um, I actually have the 6'10", small forward, power forward, Patrick Baldwin out of Wisconsin. Um, I believe he's going to be a solid pickup at the 3 and or the 4 because of his height. Obviously, with Giannis there, in the perfect world, Baldwin will run the 4. Um, with Bobby Portis, uh, the possibility of leaving, they need a solid fill. Uh, fill-in role player, so I believe that's where Patrick Baldwin's going to fit. It's a good pick right there, that is. Um, next up, pick 25, San Antonio Spurs. This is where I have them getting some size. Orlando Robinson, Fresno State. Uh, 6'11", 244. He has good size, standing basically at 7 feet. He can actually extend his shot to the three-point line, shooting 35%. Uh, He has good mobility. Doesn't mean that he can switch, per se, but he he has the size to guard down low, and he has a 7-4 wingspan. Average 19 a game, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Low percentage field goal for a big man at 48%, but... I do feel like he can have a good impact. I feel like he can come off the bench behind Jacopotl, play some decently valued minutes. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Orlando Robinson, Fresno State. That is a, not a bad bet, Tommy. Um, we're kind of on the same wavelength, the whole uh, big man. Uh, however, I actually have one of two options here. I have them either picking up the 7-1 center out of Auburn, Walker Kessler, or the 7-foot center out of Arizona, Christian Coloco. I believe both of these guys are great big men to uh, fill in behind Jakob Hurdle. Um, And with their height, they'll be able to do amazing things out there with uh, the Spurs. Yeah. All right, number 26. The Houston Rockets up again. Let's see. At this point in time, they they have, on my list at least, they have the point guard Ty Ty Washington, someone that can go in to create. They got Paolo Banchero, who can play the four or on the five because he is 6'10". They have their number two pick from a year ago in Jalen Green. So, with all being said, they have a lot of positions filled up. If I were to pick a, another player for them, just looking through the list real quick. I would have to say Christian Coloco, Arizona. He is a center, 7 feet, 221. So not as big as other centers, but he is a good rim protector who averaged two blocks per game, 2.8 blocks per game, actually. He had a free throw percentage of 35, 73.5, sorry about that, which shows that he can actually shoot the ball. He is rough around the edges. 
Um, definitely a work in progress player. Averaged 12 points per game, seven rebounds, 1.4 assists. Shot 64% from the field. I feel like he has great potential. He is, he could be a really good modern center, especially with his ability to stretch the floor. Um, yeah, I have Christian Coloco. The Rockets could use a center, especially after trading away Christian Wood, and that could free up some space for Apollo to play his true position at the four. I can see where you're going on um, with that pick. It's not a bad bet, to be honest with you. Um, at this pick, for me, it was a little up in the air. Um, obviously, they have their future star in Paulo, and then with that second pick, either being, for me, Johnny Davis or Blake Wesley, um, I was kind of thinking of what they needed, and I didn't really take into consideration that they did need that center. I completely forgot about that Christian Wood trade. So I actually have two options here. Um, number one, they can pick up the 6'5 shooting guard small forward, uh, Wendell Moore out of Duke, or they can even just consider trading away this pick. Um, you know, really, do you consider, if you're Houston, do you consider adding more depth at this third pick in the first round or maybe trading it away to another team for a more conservative option? Maybe getting some center role player from another team. Yeah. I like that as well. Um, I would still stay with my pick with Christian Coloco. I feel like they need a center a little bit more. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the Heat, 27th pick, this is where I have Wendell Moore Jr. going. The Miami Heat are a very good defensive team, and this guy's just going to add to it. He can comfortably play on or off the ball. He's a great defender who can guard 1 to 4, 6 6, 217. And he was a great offensive player in college. He improved his three-point shooting, but it still needs work, especially going to an NBA level. But he's not hes not going to excel at something except for defense as much as some of the other guys. But he is going to do a little bit of everything for you. He's going to be a good defender. He's improving his three-point shot as we speak. And... He has he is six six with a seven foot wingspan. So with all that being said, definitely has some good potential. Wendell Moore Jr. Duke. So for my twenty seventh pick, uh, I have Miami Heat selecting the six seven point guard shooting guard Dalen Terry out of Arizona. Um, for me, this was one of those picks where, you know, I feel like with his height, he could run the small forward, but he's also going to be a very versatile player. Um, him being 6'7", like I said, he's going to be a versatile wing with great length, solid agility and athleticism. Um, he's also a unique player who can impact games without scoring. Um, you know, he's able to get assists you know in the 2020 season he got one and a half assists and then this past season he bumped that up more than uh two times getting just about four assists a game so i feel like this would be a very solid pick for miami here in the 27th overall so yeah dale and terry yeah that's a good pick there he could always use another guy you know um when it comes to this next pick, uh, number 28, the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, coming off a championship, 
there's not much that you really need. They have most of their guys coming back. Uh, they might lose either Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins. We don't know who's going to be lost where yet. Um, however, when I'm looking through this list, a guy that really catches my eye is Kennedy Chandler, point guard for Tennessee. He's six one, so he is an undersized guard, 172. He is a very quick and shifty guard, and he is a great defender for his size. He was second in the SAC in steals. Um, he has a 41-inch vertical, 6'5 wingspan. Uh, he will obviously be targeted on switches, but he is a first. He is a pass-first playmaker, averaged five assists per game. I think that he is a great facilitator to come off the bench for Steph Curry. Just gives them something else that they can have off the bench. What about you, Jake? So for this pick, um, like you said, the Warriors, the champions, they don't really have, you know, that much that they need. Um, however, I have two options here, assuming either Poole or Wiggins leave. Um, my first option is the 6'5 shooting guard, uh, Max Christie, out of uh, Michigan State. Um, I believe he'll be a solid role player behind um, Clay, Poole, you know, at the two. Um, and then this is where my boy comes in, Jabari Walker, the uh, small forward. Um, he's a sleeper to me, honestly. He's listed as going 50th overall, but could very well be a valuable role player for the Warriors as their roster continues to get older. And then again, assuming Poole and Wiggins leave, they will need a rotational piece, which is why both Christie and Walker are good pickups for them. Yeah, I... I think that's good. I mean, there's not really anything clear-cut for the Warriors to pick at this point. Um, I think they just continue to keep racking in young talent, developing them, turning them into players like Jordan Poole that can hopefully one day take on a bigger role as a either as a role player or maybe something more. You never know, but it's always good to take a chance. Uh, next, rounding out here, two more picks left. Pick 29, Memphis Grizzlies. What are you thinking here, Jake? So, again, I have two options here. Um, assuming the Warriors don't pick up Jabari Walker, uh, I believe Memphis can pick them up. Um, and then my other option, just looking through this list, I know you mentioned this guy earlier, um, the 6'8 shooting guard, small forward out of Michigan, Caleb Houston. Um, you know, Memphis doesn't have really any team needs in this sense at this point. Um, they really just need like a hard filler, someone to fit in the grit and grind culture. Um, in this case, it could be Walker or Houston. Uh, Memphis with their young core, he, these both of these players can be considered a rotational piece for them. Yeah, um, that's a good pick right there. I like it, definitely. Um, yeah. Grizzlies, again, another team. They have a lot of pieces. I had them pick Dalen Terry earlier. If I were to pick another player for them, there's a lot of people who are good. There are a lot of people who are, like, a lot of the good players are out. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Lewis Marquette. Power forward, 6'8". 
235. He has good size. He is a very good three-point shooter. He took big strides in that, something that he hangs over his cap from this last season. 17 points per game, eight rebounds, two assists. You know, he's a, he's a very physical player, and he has a great offensive game. Uh, the only thing he needs to do is uh, prove that he can block some of the bigger guys. And since he has that 6'8 frame, he needs to prove that he can actually guard those wing players, those occasional 6'6 wings that might be switched on to him, you know? Um Mainly the thing that he's banking on is his three-point shot. Again, you can never use enough three-point shooting. So if that's a big part of his game, I feel like the Grizzlies will be able to use it. Seems like a lot of their a lot of their plan for their role players is for them to be able to shoot the ball all the way down to Jaron Jackson. So I feel like you'd be a good pick there. You'd fit in well. What about you? Oh, you already went. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that leaves the last pick, Tommy. Yes, Number sir. 30, the Denver Nuggets. So for this one, you may not agree with this pick, um, but once I go into depth about this, you might understand where I'm coming from. We'll see. We'll see. So with the 30th overall pick, I have them picking the 7-1 power forward center out of Florida State, John Butler. The main reason for this is his uh, percentage beyond the arc. John Butler is shooting 40% from beyond the arc. This is considered to be a stretch four. The one nice thing about this pick, Tommy, is they're able to not only get a shooter in Butler, but they're also able to get uh, someone who can run the five as a substitute for the Joker. Um this is really, in my opinion, one of the finest picks of this draft. One of the finest, you say? Yep. I'm going to stick with it, dude. John Butler, number 30. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, hey, that's that's very good, honestly. You've got someone that can come off the bench for the Joker, can shoot the ball, so you won't really have to change the scheme much that they have. Because they, you know, they run the ball through Jokic. They get him open shots. He takes open three-pointers. So you won't have to change the game too much when he comes out of the game. So I do I do agree that that's a good pick for them. Um, for me, uh, you already mentioned this name earlier, Jabari Walker from Colorado. Small forward, 6'8", 214. Um, he's a good shooter. He's a great rebounder. And he's a good athlete. You know, he's a little, he's, he's, he's 6'8", so he has good size for a three. And he has never really been much of a playmaker. Averaged 15, about 15 a game, nine rebounds, 46% from the field. I believe that he's, again, it's the Nuggets. I believe that he's a guy who can come in. If you have a healthy Michael Porter Jr., he can come in the game for him, still shoot the ball. Uh, and we'll be able to get rebounds. So my last pick I would have be Jabari Walker. Hey, man, the sleeper pick, dude. Honestly, Jabari Walker, you know, I have him going 28, possibly dropping down to 29, and obviously you have him going 30. 
Um, hopefully, this is the case. Hopefully, my man gets up there. Uh, but it'll be good to see what happens in this draft. Um, I feel like we agreed on some things, and then we had our fair share of disagreements on some other things. But uh, I guess that's what makes this worth it, you know? You don't want to be agreeing on everything. Yeah, exactly. It was good to it was good to see our different opinions, our different views, you know. I feel like we I feel like what we did well, we recognized what each team really needed and tried to fit what we had our research do, you know. We did our research and we tried to see what would best fit these teams and you know, it's 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 definitely harder for us. We're not paying as close of attention to each of these teams, but Honestly, I think you can agree with me. Very deep draft, a lot of great players. The top three, yes, they were amazing, but if you go down, it was very hard to select all the way down for the rest of the draft because there was so much talent, so much potential, and a lot of good things to look forward to for this upcoming NBA season. Oh, no doubt. That's the one thing that really made this tough is um, I know a few of these picks I had a fair share of players going um, just depending on, you know, what they needed. Uh, some picks I had two players going and then I believe it was my uh, Miami pick. Oh no, maybe not. Maybe it was the Warriors pick. I had at least like three players going there as well. Like honestly, the depth in this draft is just insane to me. Um, obviously, like you said, the first three picks were pretty much locks, but, from 4 to 30, it kind of just got difficult in a sense. Um, so it should be interesting to see what happens, though. I'm excited to see what happens tomorrow night in this draft. Definitely. Well, all right. To all the people who listened for this whole time, or even for some of it, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this podcast is going to be – we're going to try to upload at least one time per week. Uh, this is going to go on throughout all of the off season, and it's going to go into the regular season as well. Uh, Jake, thank you so much for being on today. We'll definitely hear from you again in these podcasts coming up. Thank you very much, my guy. Yeah, dude. It was uh, thank you for having me. You know, episode one. You know, it's crazy, dude. Um, I'm excited to see what happens, man. Honestly, hopefully, uh, in the future, I'm here again. Um. But yeah, thank you for inviting me on this. Yep, definitely. All right, so everybody, everybody watching or viewing or listening, uh, you guys will be seeing a new episode within the next week. And uh, I look forward to talking some more basketball, some more NBA with you guys soon. All right, Jake, you have a good night, buddy. You too, Tommy. Peace out, Pudapod. Peace out, man. Peace out.